Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle aged warriors, Chris Samino and Rick Summers. And welcome back once again to Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network, up to show number 56. 56. I am Chris. Yeah. And that's Rick echoing my next, 56. And next time we'll be Heinz 57. There you go. We've always been a little saucy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, uh. But what, yeah. really, what a week it's been, right? Oh, my God. I can't believe. Well, first of all, first and foremost, um, well, you know, let's do it in order. I got my second shot and that absolutely kicked my ass. Uh, yeah. But I'm doing a lot better now. But the big news is that you closed on your house, a place that you've lived for a very, very long time and had many, many memories, raised two kids. And uh, I know that it was emotional, not to mention exhausting. Yeah, I think it turned out to be uh, more overwhelming than I thought it was going to be. And any advice to folks who eventually are selling their home after having been in for many years and especially having raised a family? Get rid of stuff. Either start now before you're even thinking about selling because it is overwhelming. And uh, that was tough. I mean, it was tough emotionally. There's a lot of things that went on, obviously, there. And my, my wife passed away while we were living in that house, so to speak. And we raised the two kids there for the most part. And just the things you find, it's it's endless and endless. And it, as it turned out, my wife was what I termed uh, as an organized hoarder. I mean, I literally had phone bills <laughs> from when we lived in Cincinnati in 1993. You know, tax returns from 1983. Uh, th- it was just, she saved every piece of paper on top of everything else. So, you know, it was a process. So my advice to people selling, give yourself, I, I definitely underestimated the amount of time it was going to take to clear out a house. But uh Again, pace yourself and give yourself some extra time with that. And you know what? That doesn't even uh, specify only for people who are selling. I mean, just get Mm. rid of stuff, people. True. Um, Because I've been going through this with my mom who passed away 20 years ago. Right. My stepfather passed away a few months ago. Valerie's parents who both passed away in the last few years. Uh, And these are people that just didn't want to throw out anything. (laughs) It seems right. You know, when you're going sifting through these things and I think this is, that'll be a show unto itself because I think it's worth talking about and even getting maybe some type of an expert to come in and and help people deal with it and and what the best way to do, because there's always that lingering thing of guilt. If you throw something out and then there's, if you keep it, you're going crazy. Where am I going to keep it? And you're running out of space. So there's a lot of, a lot of questions there, but what's on the menu today, Rick? What is on the menu today? Well, um, we're calling it a blending of from hibernation to vaccination to great awakening, the spring awakening as the mm. Broadway show went. Uh-huh. Um, it's really amazing what has happened in the past week concerning COVID, the defense is now being let down. And it's really um, amazing to think of where we've been not only a year ago, but even just a few months ago, life is getting back to normal. And as both you and I are New York centric, we see it from this perspective. Yeah, and obviously uh, today we have a couple of very special guests who have survived the incredible shutdown of the past 15 months. And one saw Broadway shut down, the other one fought for survival as a restaurateur that was really reliant on Broadway shows for most of its livelihood. So uh, let's get to our first guest. We're going to check in with our Broadway connection, as we like to say, and it's the one and only Max von Essen. 
Well, hello again, Max, my Tony-nominated cousin uh, here for your second visit, by the way, on Middle Age Warriors. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, you know, last time it was all about things shutting down uh, in the performing world, but this time I'm happy and somewhat relieved, I guess we could say. It's about talking about opening up live performances once again. So how are you feeling about all of that? I mean, I think there's an obvious answer to that, but um, give me your take on it right now. <laughs> well, you know, you say it's obvious, but I, I think everyone's pretty different. You don't, you don't necessarily know where pe how people are feeling, how we are feeling about, you know, vaccinations, getting back into the public, how people are feeling about masks, so a lot of things. But you are right that I am very excited about <laughs> Broadway reopening and theater coming back. And as, as a New Yorker and someone who's such a lover of theater and Broadway and seeing the numbers going down in New York and the vaccinations going up and seeing, you know, producer after producer announce opening dates for the shows that had closed. I, I'm thrilled, you know, I, I uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be a much slower, more careful yeah. rollout. You know, that a couple of the big, you know, iconic shows would start up first and then right. other people would see how that went. And, but it's, it, man. So what are we looking at? I mean, some of the information, and I, I'm getting like mixed information. So my head's a little confused. I, I heard September 14th was sort of like the the, the middle point date or, or the date that most were shooting for. But are some shows opening before that? And I saw like uh, Dear Evan Hansen's <laughs> not until December. So what's where's this all going? <laughs> well, I, I remember the day that, you know, uh, Governor Cuomo announced the September 14th date. Broadway is open. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all tickets on sale tomorrow for Broadway. And I remember laughing and texting some of my friends who are producers. I said, uh... <laughs> Have you guys seen this announcement? <laughs> and and some friends were like, well, you know, he's he's not correct, but he's not off. It, mm -hmm. they, they had determined a date, kind of like, this is the date we're going for. This is when, once we hit September 14th, let's use that as a date because it gives us enough time for things to continue to improving. And it gives enough time for producers to get back into rehearsal, get theaters right. cleaned. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. So that was the date they determined that Broadway can reopen as of mm -hmm. September 14th. And if your show is reopening, you can start selling tickets again as early as tomorrow. But that's okay. very different than Broadway's <laughs> opening, you know. Right. So right. it was it was kind of a mixed message. I had some friends too. They're like, oh my God, I'm getting up in the morning. I'm buying tickets to as many things. <laughs> and then I texted them the next afternoon. I said, uh, so how many, so how many tickets did you buy? Right. <laughs> and he goes, uh, nothing was on sale. I said, yes, it was just, you know, a, a typical Cuomo, you know, just a little bit exaggerate a little bit overexcited but right. that is when you know things are cleared and as sure. there's you know if you go online you can do a quick search of like broadway reopening dates and they'll give you show by show you know which ones are actually opening on september 14th so which right that week. date is more of, that date's sort of a placeholder or a, you know at least a point to yes like an all clear yeah, right exactly so yeah. something you just touched upon that was that was in my head too you know when people started talking about oh broadway's reopening you know, this isn't the kind of thing on two days notice, you know, you get the baseball field ready and you're ready to go and, and, and have games played. There's a huge process involved in putting on a Broadway production or any production for that matter. Take us through that a little bit. And, and what, what is the standard amount of time really needed? Not even just the rehearsals itself of the show, but there's, there's a lot going on in staging and, and all, a lot of people are involved in this. Oh, oh man. I mean, I think it's going to be fairly close to what it's like to open a show completely new. You know, I mean, obviously it exists, you know, it'd be almost like be doing a revival of something. We've got the sets, we've mm. got the costumes, 
But, you know, normally when you're opening a new show, you, it's a six week rehearsal process. And then you go into the theater for, let's say, maybe two weeks of technical rehearsals and then you start previews. I think it's going to be similar to that. And then there's a whole other side that I don't even fully understand. But because I know how intricate my side is and how much time it will be take what would take, you know, for, for a performer to get, you know, sort of back into fighting shape of like doing eight shows a week and remembering mm -hmm. your lines, your choreography, doing it safely, you know, um, costume changes, getting into a dressing room. So I can't even imagine what's going on sort of, you know, there, here we're talking about theaters that have been empty for 14 months and sets right. that, that are mechanical and, and automated and that have to be every inch of it has to be checked and they have to run it and run technical rehearsals and then the whole hair team has to come in and reset mm -hmm. all the wigs and and <laughs> and you know all the costumes are people exactly the same size as they were 14 months ago i, I <laughs> highly true. doubt it yeah. will they will they be you know the same size after two months of performances yeah probably but yeah. you know i mean some of these costumes are are tens of thousands of dollars some of them are yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars in the more elaborate shows and these are things that are you know d tailored into an inch of people's lives so at, there's so much i think it's it will be you know you really you think oh why sup, what's september 14th why that date well you know right. you need a few months yeah you need, I, you need a goalpost yeah i think your point of saying it, it's almost like a revival of these shows that were in existence but 14 months is a long long yes. time to have a show shut down you don't just yes. hit a button and the gears all start moving smoothly obviously now yeah. for you we were talking about this a little bit before we started the interview on air but you know, a lot of people are thinking, hey, Max, Broadway's opening, you know, you've got a job. Uh, sadly, at the moment, that's not the case, but I'm, I'm sure you will again. But what about other types of productions, the off-Broadway productions, the other smaller summer theaters? Are you hearing anything about those opening up? Will there be a summer stock in different parts of the country? What are you hearing about that? Um, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> there, you, know, you know, it'll be, there are some things that are definitely happening. I think um, I can only speculate, but based on what, how I've been feeling about things and seeing how, you know, how quickly we were able to get a certain amount of people, you know, lot, very large amount of people vaccinated and how quickly they've changed the sort of the mass guidelines. And I think it's a, it's a little too late for a lot of, you know, regional theaters to kind of toss together a season, but mm. there were a couple that were already going for it. There are some open air theaters that were already planning their season and, um, I'm, I'm friendly with the producer of Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera in Pittsburgh, who, you know, months, you know, I mean, forget it, months and months ago, they were playing, they're like, listen, it's our 75th anniversary season, we've got to do something. Wow. And they, who knew what it was going to be like this summer, so they fully planned on you know, outdoors anyway. So he, they made a deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and, mm. and they got the football stadium for the month of July. And oh, they're wow. gonna be doing events in the football stadium and that phenomenal. And, you know, so they, right. I mean, it's just, they're taking one section like in the, right. like, right. like the, you know, the end zone. Sure. It'll be about 5,000 seats, a stage uh, on the field. And I just thought, man, how fantastic. So, so mm. many theaters have gotten super creative and thoughts outside of the box. And I do think it's a little bit too late for a lot of them to have a yeah. summer season, you know, indoors now, but a lot of them are getting creative and I think a lot of people are gonna move fast. And I see a lot of announcements too for off-Broadway shows that, that are open. That's good. So okay. I'm booking some, some outdoor concerts. Um, I'll continue to look towards, you know, if anyone, you know, is, isn't able to return to a role in a Broadway show or, you know, what's gonna be coming up. But I, for me, I think it's gonna be a little, little bit like a lingered, you know, comeback. Mm. I need to kind of like keep piecing together some smaller gigs, continue to do some virtual things. Right. Because like, like we were, 
No, but for you, I mean, and, and I've known you since you were all of three years old. So I, <laughs> that's kind of what you've always been doing uh, until you got, you know, to the to the golden nuggets and, and the biggies on Broadway, obviously. I did see you uh, in the virtual performance of Meet Me in St. Louis. That was kind of, that was kind of cool to see. That was fun. <laughs> what was that experience like? I have to ask, because to me, it, it feels like you were inside of a box, perhaps, like, but yet trying to make it flow like a play, you know? I mean, I was I was standing literally exactly where I'm sitting right now in my living room against a wall with they sent a green a huge green screen to put behind me. And I had the camera, you know, right in front of me, my, my laptop in front of me and then and a camera as well. So I'm on a Zoom call with the director and the artistic director, the whole cast. So we're actually interacting and, you know, we're saying lines like in a scene with with people. So I'm hearing their voices and the timing mm. is was correct, but no one's there. You know, I'm just <laughs> alone in my apartment and it took us a little over two weeks to finish it. And, you know, it's. You know, it, 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 it came out lovely and it was very sweet and fun. Everyone knew, you know, this wasn't exactly in an MGM, you know, right. musical, you know, <laughs> movie. Um, but in the middle of the pandemic, for them to have just started, you know, immediately going online and doing virtual mm. performances, I was just thrilled. And the act, in fact, the other day, if the Irish rap, I'll, I'll um, say something else about them because I just freaking love them they've gotten mm. so, immediately when the pandemic started they're like we're going we're going virtual because we're, we're going to just keep creating and we're going to wow. keep uh, bringing jobs to people and they do their a big virtual uh, not virtual a big gala every year i mean huge they rent a theater a 300 person dinner after they always honor these fantastic people it's, i'm always like wow how did i get here i mean last time i <laughs> went they were they were honoring bill clinton i was backstage with president clinton and hillary i was like what am i doing here but anyway they, they want to do something special but they still feel like they can't have an in-person event that huge so they you know they went in their theater and they, everyone's safe everyone's tested everyone's vaccinated they had a camera crew come in they had a smaller orchestra than they usually use and they filmed it you know like like really beautifully well done with multiple cameras and I went in there and performed a song the other day and I was like man I, I just love you guys mm -hmm. you know because that, that's what should be happening there there's so many new avenues to explore that I don't think people are going to go backwards with. I think people are going to continue right. to do these things parallel to the live theater because they, they realize they've been able to bring theater to so many more people than they ever could, you know, one performance at a time at their, at their intimate, you know, theater downtown. Yeah. So, That's so people have really learned to challenge themselves and love them. A lot of theaters have done that, but I specifically right. have worked with the Irish repertory a couple of times. So I just, but, that, but that is an interesting point in terms of what happened during the pandemic, how much of that will linger, as you said, sort of running parallel to the resurgence of normal, if you will, what, what it was pre pandemic, because it probably won't all entirely go away. What was done during the pandemic period. I don't think so. I think there'll be a lot of streaming of theatrical events that mm. we'll see more and more. Mm. I mean, and on a small, I mean, not because there's no reason you have to do it on such a huge scale as like, you know, Hamilton being filmed for millions of dollars and being right, on Disney right, Plus. Right. Phenomenal, right. of course, phenomenal. Mm. But you realize you don't have to be that large scale. You can do it, you know, on a smaller level. You can get it to people around the world. You know, a small play that's happening off Broadway that just, you know, New Yorkers might know about. You know, it can be, I did a play a couple of years ago at the Mint Theater and they, they film it f just for their archive. Right, but they do it very, very well done. Three cameras. Yeah. They want a real nice memory for their archives of these of these plays, with no intention of people seeing them. But right. they want, you know, they they do some historically sometimes un, you know underperformed shows that you rarely see. So they want to archive it properly. Properly. But during the pandemic, they reached out to all the actors and said, said, "Hey, we would love to 
because of this time, start sharing these with people. Would that, would that be okay? We're all like, you know, are you paying <laughs> us? Yes, it's okay. <laughs> yes, please. You know, so they had a small stipend and they were able to bring years of their, their, their theater, you know, per- performances to people all over the world. That, you that's know, great. It's, it's just incredible. Yeah, that's great. That's before, great before I let you go and also, you know, to find out what you're up to these days and where you're heading. Uh, one of the other things that, you know, I'm sure you, you, it's kind of a tight knit community that you belong to. And I'm sure some folks just could not survive this in terms of keeping that career path. Do you, do you find that you have some friends or people you know that have maybe been so damaged in terms of economically how to handle this whole thing and try to maintain being a performer that they went into a different direction, a different career path just to survive that they may never return? Ah, well, never return. Uh, I mean, that's not, a big statement, never return. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure. I will say I've been really, really impressed with how many friends have pivoted very quickly. Um, if this had happened to me, you know, in uh, 15 years ago, I would have had to pivot very quickly because I had about enough money in my bank account, you know, to pay for <laughs> the next week's groceries, you yeah. know, but that was just how it was as an actor. And I, and I was doing okay. Um, so, but luckily I'm in a different place. I was able, able to kind of piece together some online gigs, but people, my, some of my friends have just blown my mind how, how quickly they've, you know, started a new business, got their real estate license or full-time teaching, you know, so staying within what they do, but teaching, you know, kids all over because you just jump on, jump on a zoom class and you're teaching right. a musical theater workshop with kids. So I don't, I don't know anyone actually at this point that kind of had to really just throw in the towel and that that I'm really worried about. I mean, everyone did it. I'm not saying it was a great, you know, they're thrilled about it, but I'm just saying I'm very proud of how people responded to the challenge. And I think the the majority of them will keep performing. Mm -hmm. And if anything, they've, you know, they've, they've developed another, like we were talking about, you know, (laughs) with with the streaming and for these theaters, like they've developed a parallel, a career that can work parallel to Mm -hmm. what what they're already doing. It's not a bad idea when you're an actor to have to be, you know, to be good. Oh yes. That's what I've heard. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of wish I was good at something else, but this is all I do. So I'm stuck. I'm going to sing and act (laughs) and just keep going until, you know, I pass, pass on stage. Well, you've you've done pretty well. So where are you now? What's, what's going on? What are some of the the more recent things you've done and in terms of what's lined up but how, how are you keeping yourself busy and in, and in shape you know so um well you know a lot it's hard to even kind of explain because there's like we were saying i i kind of piece together a lot of little things there are private mm-hmm. people reach out will you do this for this this corporate event or will you do this private event so they're not things that necessarily i post about online that people right. can you know buy a ticket to um but i have some concerts coming up that i'll be posting about i probably will be doing uh, an outdoor production this summer, but it hasn't been announced and I'll put, okay. put that up on as well. Um, there's, uh, a, oh gosh, you know, an auditioning. There, there, there are a couple of things okay. that, you know, that are happening that if anyone's curious, you can go to my website, maxvonessen.com because I do think there will be things I can, I can talk about soon, but um, okay. it's, right it's things are really starting to uh, bounce back and well, Good. that's great to hear, and it's always great to see you, and I'm yeah, always very same. proud of you, and I'm proud that you got, got through this as well, and always with, with a grace and a charm, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, Max. I'm going to see you soon, I'm sure. Maybe we'll find Definitely. each other in, our, in one of our favorite restaurants or in the theater district, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, if not, I'll catch up to you at another point, but my love to the family. Thanks so much for taking some time out. I know you're busy, and keep same, getting busier, pleasure. okay? <laughs> okay, love you. Good to see you. All right, love you too, man. Be good. 
Well, it's always a pleasure to hear from Max, and it's also yeah. a greater yeah. pleasure to hear that things are at least looking up. But as he sort of pointed out, you know, some of this is coming in baby steps. You don't flip a switch and suddenly the lights are back on on Broadway and every show is going full steam ahead. Yeah, and yet a lot of people seem to be treating it that way. And I wonder, you know, um, some of the Broadway performers who have far more years on the footlights than Max does have trepidation about going back. And I wonder, um, and it's not even COVID related, but it's, you know, they're scared because they haven't been on stage for the longest time in their life uh, for the last year and a half. And they are worried about what it's going to be like to go back and do it. Well, I mean, for the most part, we'd hope, uh, but uh, you could certainly understand it's like being put on, on, you know, sitting on the bench for a very long, like a season and a half, if you were a baseball yeah, player or yeah. football player, uh, but they are professionals and I'm sure they'll, they'll catch their stride again, but it is going to take time. And that's, and that's something that's, uh, you know, I think, like you said, people were so hungry for a piece of optimistic news. They took the news that, well, we're going to start you know, the, the beginning of putting the possibility of Broadway shows back into motion again, as if tomorrow you go out and buy tickets and you're going to see a show next week, because that ain't going well, to happen you, that way. That's for sure. I, th I think you were smart when you said it's not like flipping a light switch. You know, no. and a lot of people seem to think it is. But what's been interesting, and I think I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago on the air uh, on our show, Middle Age Warriors, is that it's been interesting to watch the big trucks loading into the theaters and it dawned on me that it's not the theaters that were already stocked with shows but these are new shows that are coming into theaters that never got to uh yeah you know, load in because of the pandemic last year and as max pointed out even the shows that you know have been existing prior to the pandemic it's almost like a revival and, and rolling out again and he even pointed which is kind of interesting he pointed out that you know costuming some of these people's sizes and shapes yeah. have changed. <laughs> you know, it sounds funny, but he said, you know, these are some costumes that are tens of thousands of dollars. And to start making alterations, you know, the little things you don't think about, but that's that was very, very insightful and really interesting. Uh, real yeah, quick, listen. you know, your other concern, you, you brought up a good point, I think, too, was, okay, so the shows are open. Who can go and what are the conditions in which you can go and see a show? Yeah, and it just seems to me it's kind of willy-nilly. Uh, how do we know who's really been vaccinated or who's just smiling and saying, oh, yeah, I got both vaccinations? Um, well, I think I, I think you have to show documentation. I know I was talking to my sister-in-law who's gone to City Field now and to sit in an area claiming where you've been vaccinated, you have to show the actual physical card where, again, and we've already heard that people there's fraud with that going on. But let's right, get to right. that. That's a whole other can of worms. You know what? Going into a Broadway show is going to be a lot like getting on board an airplane because they'll they're going to make a boarding call and everybody's going to get in line and one at a time people are going to go in and it's going to take a long time we're all going to have to be patient right well you know and again clearly our patients have already been tried for a long stretch of time but at least if you know when your patients are being tried there's a little nugget at the end a little carrot at the end dangling which would be to see a great show or to go see a live performance i think maybe people will be a little more uh, hopefully a little more patient but we talked about earlier the other side by the way the other side of all of this, the restaurant industry is our next guest the carrot that you're waiting for is actually a carrot and hopefully uh a lot of other great food too because the restaurants that have so counted on uh broadway audiences for so long are breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief, though nothing yet. 
but uh, they're starting to open up and, and, and shake the cobwebs. And our next guest is one of our favorite people. And as I mentioned during the interview, I had a chance to sit down and talk with Daniele Cucetta from Italy, who owns, runs, and does an amazing job taking care of people at et cetera, et cetera, on West 44th Street in New York City. And we're gonna talk with him about uh, what he and his crew are anticipating as New York comes back to life. Well, it really is a pleasure for me to introduce uh, somebody who's not only one of the great restaurateurs in the theater district and of New York City, but also a close personal friend to both me and Chris and Valerie, God bless her soul, our staff announcer and <laughs> general manager of all things that happen here on Middle-Aged Warriors, Daniele Cucera, who is uh, joining us uh, via Zoom, the modern technology that we all rely on, thank goodness. And I wanted to congratulate you on making it through the past 15 months and then some. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's really great to have you. And um, I just wanted to ask you, because you lived this thing in the theater district firsthand. I remember being there March, I think we were there March 11th in 2020, uh, just as the, uh, the axe was coming down. And if you can talk a little bit about what it's been like from every perspective, but especially from a restaurateur's. Well, uh, yes, it was extremely hard. It still is, but it's a day and night what it was last year. Uh, we closed March 15th last year. And for me, the first, I thought it was going to be a month, a maximum a month. And I told my staff, please, you know, be patient. We'll be back. But it happened what it happened, of course. Uh, it was extremely hard. Actually, last uh, uh, April, beginning of April, I thought there was it. This is it. I worked 30 years of my life and I'm losing everything in one week. But slowly I got my uh, thoughts together, started to do delivery, calling my friends and family and people who I knew to help to buy gift certificates to somehow give us a little push to survive the, the beginning of the pandemic. And then thankfully, uh, the PPP loans helped, uh, uh, New York City loans helped. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of loans now, but we are still alive. Danielle, you're at et cetera, et cetera on, what is the exact address on West uh, 44th? It's uh, 352 West 44th between 8th and 9th. You're just off 9th Avenue. And, uh, Correct. And you've been there virtually every day since this thing began. It's been amazing to watch you uh, navigate. You built outdoors for a little while. Uh, we tried as best we could to come and eat as much as we could and certainly drink as much as we could. And uh, we will be back. But what does the meaning of Broadway coming back mean for you? Because I know how reliant, et cetera, et cetera, is on the Broadway community and the shows. Well, it means a lot, and I hope by September that things are going to be even better so people are not going to be afraid to go to see a show. I know we'll start slow and gradually more shows are going to be opening up. We, Our business is 60% Broadway. I mean, uh, yes, we have a private room, we have locals, but uh, most 
of our business is Broadway. So being in this area these days still is very hard because uh, there's no tourists there or very few offices are still closed. People work from home and there's no Broadway. There's no yeah. shows, so we are we have a triple one on top of us. <laughs> it's been, yeah, well, it's been pretty amazing to watch you survive. What moving forward is your biggest fear? Then the lockdown coming to an end. What is the biggest fear? Well, I, I honestly don't have a fear. I'm very optimistic that things are going to turn into better, better days. Of course, um, right now I'm going to focus on giving out good food, good service great drinks and hoping that the business slowly is going to pick up honestly in april when we opened uh, february 12th the first couple of months it was very shaky i mean this area was really dead so uh and i see the difference even on tuesdays and wednesdays which are supposed to be slower days there's more people than even a month ago so slowly uh, progressively uh, we're getting more and more customers it's far cry of what we had a couple of years back, but a, uh, it gives me that optimistic thought and view that the future is going to be better, hopefully without any other lockdowns or any other variants of the virus, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> well, I would go to say that if you were not a middle-aged warrior before this, you certainly have earned your stripes during it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, well-deserved. I mean, you know, just watching what we've all been through, teetering on the edge. Tell us, uh, you're also doing something special on Friday nights, right? Is that something you feel comfortable talking about? Yeah, well, I started, uh, since there are no parties at, at the moment, really very few uh, private events. Uh, um, I thought, let's start Friday nights, uh, do three hours, 7.30 to 10.30, show tune, piano music with dinner. And so I hired a pianist, uh, Brandon James Gwynn, who is a very good pianist and very good singer. And uh, we're trying to get people to have a little fun with uh, food and drinks, of course. So uh, we just started a couple of weeks back and it's just growing pains right now. And hopefully in a couple of months, it's going to be every Friday and uh, we'll make people happy with Broadway music. <laughs> and that's what you do. Yeah. How about your staff? Is uh, it intact? Are people coming back? Yes, yeah, slowly people are coming back. I still don't have enough business to uh, rehire everybody back, but my plan is, and our plan actually, is to have everybody back by October when we think things are going to be much, much better than nowadays. Well, well and Chris is on assignment today, and you know, uh, we were in a couple of weeks ago to take him out to dinner for his 60th birthday. We're gonna do my belated 60th birthday at your restaurant. So that's, those yes. are a couple of big birthdays. Thank, thank you. <laughs> we're all getting older, but we're resilient and we're middle-aged warriors. Your biggest surprise, New York or otherwise, uh, from yourself, your staff, people you dealt with uh, so intimately, uh, so closely. My biggest surprise is how wonderful New Yorkers are. And I get emotional right away. Um, I was getting calls and support from people that don't have a lot of money. I was getting a call from people who are getting uh, the stimulus check and they wanted to give me so, um, <clears throat> sorry. It's okay. I get, I get very emotional because this was really a show me how wonderful people can be and how wonderful New Yorkers are. 
supporting each other. And uh, that was an amazing experience. You know, it's really something because you arrived from Italy in the United States in the 90s? 92, yes. Yeah, that's when you emigrated. So you were here for 9-11. Yes. Uh, and this, on some sense, compares with 9-11, at least in the magnitude of our history and looking back. But uh, this seems like it's going to have a lasting lasting effect. And hard to believe, as I bring up 9-11, that we're coming up on a 20-year anniversary for that. Yep, exactly. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, we can't really compare 9-11 to uh, the pandemic. But it showed how wonderful uh, New Yorkers are, how really they're there to support each other during really hard times. And uh, honestly, uh, in the beginning, uh, last May, a year ago, uh, and I'm not the only one, there are many other businesses the restaurants, they went to the same thing I did. Uh, so several restaurants, including myself, we, uh, I, I was going crazy because I didn't know what to do. And we started to uh, feed the hospitals. We started right. to prepare food, um, and I had a couple of uh, my regular customers who actually donated money for me to buy the food uh, to be able to make very simple chicken pasta salads for the hospitals. And then we went to 10 different hospitals, and the, the smile on the nurses' faces, uh, the, the, the thankfulness, the gratitude was something I'll never forget. Well, as I say to you day in and day out, you get what you give. So somewhere along the line, there's going to be a big basket of something waiting for you somewhere because <laughs> you are a prince among men. I'm going to ask you to do me one favor, and that is say something about being a middle-aged warrior in Italian. Oddio, sono molto felice di essere qui con lei. I don't know what you said, but I love it. Daniele Cucera from etc. etc on West 44th Street in Manhattan. Uh, and uh, I guess the um, the visors and the masks are off now. We're back back in biz, right? Yes, we're, they're off, but I think we're still gonna use them. You know, I'm yeah. not sure we can just drop them so subtly. I know, you know, it's, I know. Uh, it's a little strange, but you know, hopefully people are getting vaccinated and uh, so far, no problems. I mean, I took temperature for hundreds of people so far and nobody ever had a problem so and right now usually 100 percent of people that come to the restaurant tell me we have vaccinated so it's it's a good thing i titled this particular middle-aged warriors from hibernation to vaccination <laughs> good and, re and rebuilding a nation anyway daniele i can't thank you enough for being uh, not only a guest but uh, a, a treasure and uh so close to my heart on so many levels thank, thank you. you so much for your time we'll be in D with you soon okay thank you thank you thank you big hugs to all of you all right bye-bye thank you well and chris i hope you don't mind that i mentioned that both you and i celebrated 60th birthdays <laughs> at Danielli's restaurant <laughs> that's right uh i love that guy i mean he is he's is such yeah. a sweetheart and a charming guy and a good soul and I'm so happy that he has been able to find his way through this and survive through it. By the way, you and Valerie are there almost three nights a week plus. So I think you kept him in business as well. Yeah, which is a point to what Max is talking about, people not fitting back in their costumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you never I leave, think. you never leave Danielle, you never leave et cetera, et cetera, hungry. That's for sure. No, I never do. And never with an with a 
any food on my plate. That's no. for sure. No. If you're in town, though, certainly in the theater district, that's a place to stop by. 44th Street between what? Ninth and. Uh, yeah, he's just off Ninth Avenue. I think yeah. he mentioned uh, the address okay. uh, in the interview before. So he's uh, he's just a prince among men. He really is. And uh, he he adores you. He adores uh, anybody who wants to come in and engage him in conversation <laughs> about food or drink and mm. certainly anything Italy and Croatia. Yeah. Croatia. Yeah, I can't wait to get there eventually. And uh, I'm going to pick his brain a little bit about some really the cool spots to go, not just the touristy spots to go. So I was going to that. But uh, I have to be honest, uh, Rick, I think you and I uh, were both outclassed by our guests today. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. yeah, two really good guys, Max Von Essen. And uh, of course, Daniele. And and again, uh, we want to thank them for taking some time out of their schedules as well to be part of Middle Age Warriors. Any last thoughts on today's show as you continue to feel better? And thank goodness it's nice to see you back and on thank your feet you. again. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad the vaccination is behind me, uh, as opposed to getting a vaccine. And you're behind. behind. <laughs> I know, that yeah, thank you. <laughs> Too easy. But a boom. Yeah. yeah okay. Thank you. We'll be here all week. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. Yes. Um, now, um, we're, uh, we're getting on a plane, which I haven't done in a year and a half, oh, almost okay. two years. Wow. Uh, and so uh, I'm looking forward to going down of the heat of Florida. <laughs> well, you know, it's <laughs> funny. You're leaving here. Why are you leaving now? It's in the 80s today. You may as well just stay here. But uh, I know. I know. It, it'll be nice. Invited. It'll be nice to get away and uh, look forward to that. But I'm going to say sunshine always. Until next time, please stay safe, stay smart, be well, have some fun out there. Get, Get out and about a little bit more now and breathe. Yeah, be good, feel good. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us here on the Believe Podcast Network. Chris Amino, Rick Summers, Middle Age Warriors, you the man. All right. And as always, Middle Age Warriors brought to you by Bet Online. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, We're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.